The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Learn the language of spirit. This is the Intuitive Life with Laura Wooster. Good afternoon and welcome to the Intuitive Life, where we walk together and support each other on the path to becoming more spiritually aware, enlightened, and inspired. My name is Laura Wooster, and we will be taking calls today for questions and readings. And the number here is 816-251-3555. Again, it's 816 816- Two five one three five five five, and just a couple of um, program notes or things that are on my calendar. On November eighteenth, uh, the event at Circles of Wisdom with myself and John Holland is sold out. Um, there is a wait list, so if you do want to, um, if you if you wanted to get tickets um, at Cir- for the event at Circles of Wisdom in Massachusetts, um, just go to circlesofwisdom.com and you can put yourself on the wait list for tickets there. Um, there is still tickets available for the November 12th demonstration of mediumship in Quincy, Massachusetts, and that's a fundraiser for the First Spiritualist Church of Quincy. And you can go to my website at laurawister.com for more information about that. Seating is very limited um, because it's a, it is a small church and there's only 50 seats and um, there'll be raffles and messages and spirit art. Um, so come on down and um, we'll be delivering messages from spirit. It'll be myself and Lori Sheridan and Rita Berkowitz. And uh, we'll also be doing another event at Circles of Wisdom in January, but the details have not been posted for that, but I can't believe I'm even talking about January. <laughs> this has been the quickest year ever. But um, so uh, if you want any more information about whatever's on my calendar, you just go to laurawoster.com. It's L-A-U-R-A-W-O-O-S-T-E-R.com. But I would love to get to my guest because we have so much to talk about. She's so multifaceted. There's so many things that this woman does. I wanted to, I have so much to ask her. <laughs> my guest today is psychic and med- medical intuitive Julie Ryan. Uh, Julie is an inventor, an entrepreneur, and an author. And she's written Angelic Attendance, What Really Happens as We Transition from This Life into the Next, um, Angel Messages for Kids, and Angel Messages for Dogs. It's one of my favorite subjects is animals, so I, I can't wait to hear about this. Um, her podcast, Ask Julie Ryan, has listeners from all over the world, and many of whom call in to partake in Julie's buffet of psychicness. I love that. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Julie. Thanks so much for having me. What a delight to be with you. Oh, I'm so glad you, you, you're on today. I, I have so much I want to ask you, because you, you really, like, you are a... You've got you. I'm looking at your your resume here, and an author, entrepreneur, an inventor, psychic, medium. Uh, I'm like, whoa! This then it goes on and on and on. 
when you when you were growing up, did you know that you were this that you were the psychic? No, no, I had no clue. I laugh. I say I'm not one of those psychics who's had dead people chasing her since childhood. <laughs> if I did, I didn't know it. Let alone what I would have done with that information. But no, I learned how to do all this. I call it woo woo. All this woo woo stuff that I do. No, I learned it. Ah. So do you think people can learn this or do you think people are just born? Is it part of their, their life blueprint to eventually do it if they don't learn, if they don't see dead people when they're younger? What do you, what, what's your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know people can learn to do it because I learned to do it, number one. And number two, I teach a class to people all over the world. I think we've had people from, gosh, 12 or 13 countries from all walks of life. Wow that have learned to do everything that I do. My feeling about this, Laura, and I'm, I know you probably feel the same way. Uh, once you connect with spirit, then you have access to anything you need, whether you want to talk to the deceased or you want to scan somebody medically or talk or scan a pet, do past life stuff. I can tell how close to death somebody is. It's all just connecting in with spirit and then everything's all all accessible. Yes. Yes. I'm on the same page with you. I think once, yeah, once we learn how to listen to that, to that language of, of energy, then we can connect to all of that. Um, I know some of us are, are a little more tuned into certain things than others. Is that, I mean, obviously, I, I can pick up some things when I'm doing connections with people when I'm reading them intuitively. I can pick up some medical things, but I wouldn't call myself a medical intuitive. But, but you obviously have a have a database because you've got you invented um, surgical devices, so you have like all this data in you know, that that spirit can pull from you, right? Um, well, some information. it's. I'm an inventor of orthopedic surgery devices sold throughout the world and a former manufacturer of them as well. I sold my manufacturing company in 2015, so a few years ago. But I know enough to have a little bit of, of a familiarity with some of the healings that I see. But I also referred to, for a long time, referred to an anatomy book, you know, a good old-fashioned anatomy <laughs> book that has color illustrations in it. Like, and I would get from spirit, okay, the liver or something, something, and then I'd refer to the anatomy book and say, okay, I really want to know what a liver looks like. <laughs> and so that when I'm in there and I'm looking at this organ, I know, okay, that's a liver. So I did, I did educate myself some on that. But the interesting thing about the medical intuitive and energy healing part of the equation in my world, which is what I do most of, simply because that's what my clients ask me to do and my callers into my show ask for medical stuff, I um, see healings in the form, Laura, of something getting added, something getting removed. I watch procedures energetically all the time that emulate what I saw in operating rooms for all those years. And sometimes I see healings that utilize methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. Oh, wow. Regardless of what I'm seeing in my mind's eye, I'm very descriptive with my client or my caller because what I've found throughout the years is if they can envision what I'm seeing in my mind's eye, it helps integrate the healing into their body because yes. the body's going to follow what the brain's telling it, even if the brain doesn't believe it to be true. May I give That's you an example of that? Absolutely. Yes, this is fascinating. 
My favorite example is think of a time when you watched a scary movie on TV. It's almost Halloween. You know, we're, we got lots of scary movies that are being right. played. And your brain knew that it was pretend, but your heart might have felt like it was getting ready to jump out of your chest at any given moment. Right. So that's a great example, I think, of the body following what the brain's showing it, even if the brain doesn't believe it. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. It, it it's it's amazing how powerful our thoughts are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So to be able to to um, so so when you when you do medical and in, in, when you do medical intuitive readings, so would you say mm-hmm. that it's it's actually are you bringing through healing as well, or is it to offer your clients a tool for their healing? Does that make sense when I'm asking? Both. Both. Okay. No yeah. medical provider, whether it be a surgeon or a doctor or a nurse or physical therapist or whatever, no healer, no witch doctor, no anybody <laughs> heals anybody else. We all right. heal ourselves. And I like to talk in analogies a lot, Laura, because I believe it gives our human minds a frame of reference for all this woo-woo stuff that we're doing. And my <laughs> yes. analogy for this is, If you think about when somebody has surgery, at the end of the procedure, the surgeon's going to close the incision with either sutures or surgical staples. Mm -hmm. Well, the surgeon doesn't make the patient's skin grow back. The patient makes their own skin grow back. Mm -hmm. And that's what I find with any kind of healing. We facilitate, it's spirit working through me and with me to help facilitate the person healing themselves because... The healings that I watch daily, many times a day, especially during the work week with clients, can integrate into the body instantly. It can happen in days, weeks, months. It may need some kind of complementary care like surgery or vitamins or change in diet or physical therapy or whatever. But it's always the person, the client's prerogative to utilize the healing or not mm-hmm. in a way that's going to best facilitate whatever it is their spirit is exploring. Yes. And so that's how I, how I work. I believe the, the healings that I do mm-hmm. are part of the healing equation, which may involve allopathic medicine, Western medicine, as we know, it may be Eastern medicine, maybe chiropractic, maybe, whatever, maybe just a change in diet, Mm -hmm. but it's part of the healing equation. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on, there's, there's, you know, especially in the Western world, we always, a lot of um, people in the medical field, they feel like they may have failed if someone passes away or if they don't get fully cured from something um, or the, whatever, or back to a, you know, their norm, their the normal state. Um, but do you feel that sometimes that's just not meant to be? And perhaps healing, like how would you define healing when the physical body isn't isn't reflecting that back? Well, two thoughts. What I just mentioned, that it's always the person's spirit's prerogative to utilize mm-hmm. the healing or not based on what their spirit wants to explore. That's number one. But also right. I tell my clients, Sometimes death is the healing. Yes. Sometimes when somebody's 
ready to go, their spirit's ready to go, and the person's really suffering. My, my mom, I was raised Roman Catholic, Laura, and mm-hmm, went through 12 too. years of Catholic schools, and my family had this joke. We would laugh about it. We'd still laugh about it. My mom is deceased now, but when she was alive, very devout Catholic, and if somebody was in a lot of pain, and she, you know, one of them, you, you'll hear families say, God, I wish they'd just go, because they're, they're suffering so much, and it's crazy. My mom would go to church, Laura, and she'd light a candle, hoping mm-hmm. that God would take this person, and so we started yeah. teasing her, and we called them killer candles, and we'd say, oh, <laughs> Mary, Mary Jo needs to go to church and light one of those killer candles. And, oh no! Uh, you know, I, I mean, it yeah. was at the end of life for somebody. Of but course. This yeah. is when I was a kid growing up. She, you know, we'd make a joke, and it, there'd be someone she knew who was suffering. She, yeah, I'm going to go to church and light a candle. We go, oh, here comes the killer candle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! It's good to have some yeah, humor about these oftentimes, things. Oftentimes, oftentimes, death mm-hmm. is the healing when somebody's been suffering for a long time, and. Yes. And they're, they're, it's such a relief for them to not be in pain and not be in their physical body mm-hmm. anymore. So are you, um, do you help people when they're in the process of passing? Oh, absolutely. All the time. Yeah. yeah. And help their family because what I see is a configuration of angels and deceased loved ones, spirits, and the spirits of deceased pets, you animal lover girl that are surrounding the person as they're dying. I call this the 12 phases of transition. And it's a configuration of angels and and the spirits that are there. And I can scan somebody anywhere in the world instantly and tell you what phase of transition they're in. And then also communicate with the person who's dying, whether they're able to actually communicate verbally anymore or not with their family and their doctors if they're involved. And it's really helpful because we there are three questions I always ask. Are you ready to go? Yes or no? Are you in pain? And then what do you need? And the responses of what do you need that I get telepathically range from I need a chocolate bar. I need a Nestle's Crunch Bar. This little lady told me that one day. I need a Nestle's Crunch Bar. To uh, I need to talk to my sister and I talk with the family, and I say, your your dad wants to talk with his sister. Can you have her come over? And they'll say, well, he's – and I'm talking to the family in Athens, Greece. This is a true story. And they said, well, his sister lives in Australia. So, no, that's going to be cut itself. I said, get her on the Zoom or the Skype or FaceTime or something. He wants to talk to her. And he wasn't able to communicate, but he wanted to hear her voice. He wanted to – the spirit wanted to see her. And I think it was probably more for her than it was for him at the end of the day. But I do have a favorite, my my favorite, most favorite story. May I share it with you of what someone asked at the end of life? Mm -hmm. There was this woman who, with whom I was working and her dad was elderly and he was a retired dentist. He was in the hospital. They took him off the ventilator. They thought he would go right away. And two weeks later, he's still hanging on should have had my mom go light a candle for him, but she was already gone. Anyway, he, the daughter called, and she said, my goodness, what? Talk to him. What do we need to do? Well, throughout this two-week period, Laura, he kept saying, I need you to file my quarterly estimated taxes. <laughs> he said, 
are you kidding me? Really? You're dying and that's the thing that you want me to do? So this is what he's saying again this day. She called me after two weeks of waiting for him to die. So I said to her, she said, I don't even know where they are. So I'm having this conference call, you know, telepathically and with the daughter on the phone. And he said, they're in my bedroom, in my desk, in my bedroom, middle drawer on the left or something like that. So I said to her, just go to his house and see if they're there. And she did. And they were. And what she found was an envelope. The taxes were ready to go. He had signed them. The check was made out. It was stamped. The envelope was stamped. She put it in the mailbox. She went back to the hospital. He died a couple of hours later. End of the story, however, is she was his executor. And by having his quarterly taxes filed on the day that he died, it saved her all kinds of headaches when she was settling his estate. Wow. So he knew that. So she he didn't was, want to he, leave that. He knew that, yeah. 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 And he was holding on, waiting for her to go mail his quarterly estimated taxes so that they'd have the postmark on it. And then once she did that, and he, his spirit knew that they were in the mail, they were in the mailbox, and he could go. I, I love that story. That's my favorite that's what do you need story. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I mean, obviously, you don't have to be present with, with anybody in the room to, to, to do this work. I mean, it sounds like you have Greece, you've got, <laughs> you've got from all over oh, the it's world. An, so. Oh, yeah. It's not even a nano percent of a of a person. It's not even a nano percent, if that's a thing. No, I'm I'm never with people unless it's my husband, with whom I live. But no, I'm never with people um, personally. No, it's all done remotely. Now that that makes sense to me. You know, working with energy all the time. I, I you know, energy doesn't have you know a geographic place, right? So, but when, when you're working with people who may not have that understanding, uh, how open are people to realizing that you don't have to be right there with them? Well, people with whom I work have either heard my show or they've read my book or books or they have heard about me from somebody else. So they know what they're getting into. And on my website, it says that all the healings and scans and stuff are done remotely. So they know that coming in. If it's somebody who says, can you scan my dog or can you, that's easy. Animals are easy because I don't get their permission before they scan them. But humans, I do. So if somebody says, can you scan my mom? Can you scan my child? I always ask that person's spirit's permission before Mm -hmm. I scan them. If it's for a medical something, because I believe it's an invasion of their privacy, Laura, otherwise. Absolutely. It kind of feels yes. like a hip, it feels like a hip of violation to me. Yes. So <laughs> I ask them, I'm, ta- I'm talking to your mom, she wants me to scan you, is that okay? And I'll get a yes or a no. And I'll sometimes get attitude, it's pretty funny. But all is not lost. <laughs> I can scan them, but I won't, because I just believe it's unethical. But we can talk to their spirits. That right. I talk to spirits attached to bodies. I talk to spirits not attached to bodies. It doesn't matter. It's just all energy. And when we talk to the spirit, we can ask questions and get information. But I don't believe that's a violation of privacy simply because if you have pneumonia and I'm talking with you, you're going to tell me what you want me to know, but I'm not looking at your chest x-ray without your permission. 
Right. So that's how I deal with that. So we can still get information, but I prefer to see what's going on if I can. And other interesting point, I don't scan people medically when they're dying because the spirit is the power source for the body. And when somebody's dying, the spirit hangs on to the top of the head in a bubble configuration that reminds me of a cartoon caption where the letters or thoughts of the character are placed Mm -hmm. in a cartoon. And so it would be as if I'm looking at an x-ray in a pitch black room without any lights. I just, uh, I I don't see anything. So that's an important point. If somebody's dying, they'll say, well, can you... Can you do a helium? I say no, but I can tell you what phase of transition they're in, and and we can talk to their spirit telepathically. And it it comes in really handy for the families because oftentimes people are taking time off work and traveling quite a distance to be with their loved ones at the end of their life. So we're able to right. help with the logistics of all of it. So, so if if someone is um, with someone who's in the process of dying, um, what are some things that they can expect to witness around their loved one, or for their loved one to actually experience as they're passing? Angels being around them, uh, the maternal spirit closest to the person who's dying is the one that runs the show from the spirit world. So if my mother's gone, if I was dying, it would be my mother running the show. If my mother was still alive, it would be my maternal grandmother. If she was still alive, it would be her mother, always on the maternal line. And then that paternal spirit on the maternal line is always there. So again, if my dad was still alive, it would be my maternal grandfather whose spirit would be there. And they, the maternal spirit, is the one that calls in the angels, calls in the other deceased loved ones, calls in the spirits of, of uh, the deceased pets that that person's had throughout all of their lifetime. And it's really a, a glorious vision. There's a family with whom I worked here in town. I live in Birmingham, Alabama, and, and uh, this is a big Italian family, and I know one of the daughters-in-law. Her husband is one of 11 children. And his sister-in-law was dying, and I had given her the the graphics for the 12 phases of transition. And the night that her sister-in-law was dying, she said, "We just handed the graphics to whoever walked in the door." And she said, "This is a this is a big, loud, emotional family." And she said, "There are probably a hundred people in this house." She called me the night that she was dying, and she said everybody's calm. She said, I've never seen his family so calm. We hand them the graphics. They see what's going on. It brings so much peace and comfort to the family. Beautiful. Beautiful. And these graphics are on my website. Anybody can see them. AskJulieRyan.com. And you'll see the 12 phases of transition. That has to be so helpful for people, especially especially if someone's losing someone close to them and it's the first time they've really lost someone that close especially like a parent or um a sibling or um some people just don't know how how to react or what to do when they feel helpless and so to have that available for people to to follow is is what a gift it's beautiful well and there's been university-based research done on end-of-life patients actually 1400 patients 
and by a doctor in Buffalo, New York, named Chris Kerr, K-E-R-R, and he, his book is called Dying is But a Dream, Death is But a Dream. And he talks about how close to 90% of the people that he studied report seeing deceased loved ones in the spirits of deceased pets as they're approaching death. That's number one. And then you talk to anybody in hospice or anybody that's been in the medical field in the hospital and in a critical care unit or an ICU or or they've had patients who've passed and, and they will tell you endless stories. One mom told me, her four-year-old son died, and she said, your book just gave me so much peace after the fact because when my son was dying a couple of days before he died, he kept saying, Mommy, who are all these people? Who are these people? Can't you see all these people? Who are all these people? And it was all his deceased loved ones that had come to help. I call them the Welcome to Heaven Committee, <laughs> like the Welcome Wagon Committee. The, yes. the ladies that used to bring out a, a, a basket of, fruit and candy, you know, when you move into a new neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is yeah. so welcome, to, welcome to heaven committee. So there's lots of, there are lots of stories. And, and I, I love Dr. Kerr's book. I tease him. I say, I love it when science catches up with woo woo. Because <laughs> I believe that people have been able to see this since the beginning of time. And you growing up Catholic there, you've been to Catholic funerals. And at the end of every Catholic funeral, Laura, they say a prayer or sing it called In Paradisum. The angels and your loved ones will greet you and lead you into paradise. Mm -hmm. And when I was writing the book, I did some research on that, found out it was a 5th century Gregorian chant. That's where it originated. So I have to believe that maybe it took till the 5th century until somebody was well-educated enough that they could read and write and write down a, a prayer about what transpires. And Certainly back then, some of the most learned people were men living in monasteries and synagogues. So I believe people have seen this since the beginning of time. And as we've become more well-educated, we've become more proof-based. And we mm -hmm. want to see proof. Well, Dr. Kersberg book provides proof. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever goes home alone. That's for sure. That's right. And, uh, yeah, I had a friend of mine who recently lost a parent. And at one point, towards the end he said why is this place so crowded <laughs> exactly <laughs> there's so many people joining in to uh, to take them home so um yeah. so we're going to be going to a break in just a couple of moments and so we'll be taking your calls it's 816-251-3555 and today i'm speaking with julie ryan and you can check out our website at ask julieryan.com and uh, Julie is a psychic and a medical intuitive so if you have and can you in mediumship as well correct obviously because yeah yes. buffet of so, psychicness oh yeah yes, do it all absolutely yes so um so feel free to call in and we'll be back just after the break with Julie Ryan Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
Welcome back to The Intuitive Life with Laura Wooster. Welcome back, everyone. And today I'm speaking with psychic and medical intuitive Julie Ryan. Now, Julie, um, I'm a big animal fan, and I'm so thrilled to see that you have books here about dogs, Um, angel messages for dogs. Is that for people who've lost animals or... um, what is what is that book about? It's a children's book, Laura. I have had so many moms over the years say, can you please write a book for my child that they'll understand what happens when grandma dies? Because we'll say, grandma's in heaven, and they'll say, no, she's not. She's asleep in that box up there. There's a funeral home. She's asleep in that box up there. And um, yeah. to help them understand, and then I've had moms throughout the years say can you please write a children's book so that i can understand so that i can help my child understand past lives because he knows things about past lives that we've been able to corroborate with historic documents this kid can't even read yet and then the last one is can you help my help me explain to my child how he can communicate with my deceased grandfather or somebody else when my granddad's been dead for 10 years and he tells me stuff about my grandfather that there's no way he would know because he's three and my grandfather never met him. And so that's when the angel messages for kids, angel messages for dogs, his children's books came out and they have darling illustrations in them, Laura, and they're as much for the adults as they are for the children. And Angel Messages for Cats is coming out in a month. So that's the awesome. newest in the series. That is awesome. I can't I have to pick up those books because um, yeah, that's, I could definitely, my granddaughter would love them. So I'm going to check that out for sure. Um, so we're going to go to our callers. We've got a few who have been on the line ever since the beginning of the hour. Um, thank you so much for, for hanging on, everybody. So let's see. Let's go to Sandra. Hello, Sandra. Good afternoon. I'm so glad Hi, that Sandra. you have Julie. I love you, Julie. <laughs> I Hi, love you, Sandra. Sandra. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I have followed your show, so this was a, a pleasant surprise today. So thank you. Oh, um, so love so, right back at you, babe. Oh, awesome. love right back at you, babe. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yes, I am a dog lover too, big time. My baby girls. So the reason why I'm calling, I'm just, uh, I've had a lot of spiritual experiences through the years. Some, like seeing Native American, um, a young boy, like a teenage boy, I would say, when I was out hiking in the forest, and he was by the water, by the dam. Um, I My friend was channeling one day, and he turned and looked at me, and half of his face was red like midline, half the face lengthwise. And mm. when he looked at me, I saw the soul of, of another. His eyes were not his any longer. And it, it almost felt like I was being prepared for battle of somewhat. And I did go through a battle. I went through a big battle after I lost my son. Just emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, just before... Oh, and my mom visited me in, in a brilliant light. That was phenomenal, just three months after she had passed. And um, right when COVID started, we were on the lockdown, and I couldn't work. You know, we were all home. 
my husband was continuing to work. He didn't have to stay home. And he just, he walked into the room, and I saw him illuminated in a golden aura and purple, deep, deep, deep purple. Half of his face uh, was very defined, and the other half there was like a cloudy apparition over him. And he was channeling like spontaneously, and he's never done it before, and he's never, it hasn't happened to him since. But I witnessed it. And it may, and he, you know, he doesn't want to talk about what he saw because it wasn't really good. But something, I just feel like there's something more that I'm supposed to be doing besides customer service work. (laughs) (laughs) Who who was channeling Sandra? Was that your husband? Was channeling? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yes. And I witnessed it. I watched this spirit. Oh, it was like a cloudy uh, mist of a face right mm-hmm. over his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the colors of his aura were so vibrant and deep. I mean, it was like like a regal purple, like royal purple, like gold, mm-hmm. golden, golden yellow. Mm-hmm. That purple seemed to seal it. It was almost like the purple was um, a cloak of protection. Um, I years ago I went through healing touch, um, so I, you know, definitely am more attuned to energy. And, and it was around the same time that I began seeing auras. I also was driving home on on a highway from work one day, and I actually had an out of body experience that was that that I will never be able to um, forget. It was just quite an experience, and there was a pickup truck on the side of the road with two people at the tailgate and they had a black dog with them. I ha I have had two black dogs in my life. One before and one after that. But it's just like more and more of these things that I don't really know how to explain happen and I don't question them because I know they're quite valid, but I know that there's something more I should be doing. Or what are you, just any suggestions that you have? My last recent one was seeing the date, February 22nd, 2022 flash. And I was just going to sleep, but I was wide awake. At first it was February, it was February 22nd in big, it was like red background and black letters. And then it was in February 12th and smaller. And then it repeated the 22nd. And then I, I just realized, I mean, I just found recently that um, Pluto is supposed to be in some type of, uh, not Pluto, Neptune will be at 22 degrees on 0222-2022. So I don't know if this is something that's, you know, astro- in astrology that is going to happen that I'm trying to tune into or or what. Hmm. Okay. What do you think about that, Julie, when someone someone sees dates and things? Like, how how do people discern what exactly that could possibly mean? Well, when we see sequences of numbers like that, Sandra, it's letting it's our spirit letting us know we're in alignment and we're being led. You're being led with all this stuff that you're seeing and experiencing. You're being led to look more into this, and it it that's how it works one step at a time and you'll read a book and then you'll be led to another book and you'll be led to listen to Laura's show. And then maybe you're led to check out a website or something like that and, or take a class. What comes up for me is 
consider taking my class, Angelic Attendant Training. People from all over the world do it. I limit it to 12 people, and you learn how to do everything that I do in four Saturdays, about three hours each Saturday. And it's remarkable how these people that come in, they can't do any of this stuff, and at the end of four weeks, they can do all of it. And plus, it's a blast. It is so much fun. And then you're in a community of people that have graduated from all over the world who they work together. There's stuff that goes on throughout the week, like seven or eight times a week. Anybody that wants to can get together. So consider that. Consider taking other classes and, and learning other things. And you'll, you'll be led. Just mm-hmm. trust where you're being led. There's no should. It's what are you interested in. And they'll follow your bliss. And you'll you'll learn something, and then you'll maybe want to learn something else, or just if it feels good, do it. If it doesn't, don't. It's really that simple. Mm-hmm. Do you have any? Um, do you see anything for me? Feel it. Meaning, I just I guess uh, just anything. Well, yeah, you're being led to learn more about this to learn how to do it. Yeah, and then it'll all unfold. That's that's the big thing is is you're you're being led with these numbers and yeah. with the things that you're seeing, because mm-hmm. nothing happens randomly. It's all there are no coincidences in life. So you're being led to explore it further, and then you'll you'll again be led to what does that mean? I I'm a businesswoman and an inventor. If you would have told me five years ago I'd be doing this stuff full time, I'd be saying, "Oh well, have another glass of wine." I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm a businesswoman. So, um, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, how angelic attendance in my book came about. My spirit guide, this dead pope named Pope Clement VI, showed up, and he said, "You're supposed to teach the world what happens when somebody dies." And I said, "No, I'm not doing that. I'm a businesswoman. People will think I'm nuts." And he goes, yeah, 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 just get on with it. And when I looked him up, <laughs> ladies, I love he it. was in office during the Black Plague when two-thirds of Europe died, and he's best known wow. for his prayers for the dying and his prayers for the dead. And it still took me several wow. years to get the courage to put myself out there with this. So you'll be led. Yeah. I, I feel as though I am, and I just don't want to trip over my own feet. And I do believe it gets step by step, and it's and a little mm-hmm. is revealed at, at, at the time you're supposed yes. to receive it. it. It can't be all at once, or it would be overwhelming and frightening. Exactly. And yes. I, yeah, I say mm-hmm. that to others because they always want more and more and more, but it doesn't work that way. We're meant to, yeah. it's meant to develop and unfold a little bit at a time. But you've got to take action. You've got to take yeah. action. Exactly. So do your Saturdays, as I work on Saturdays, all right, what time is, is your um, classes? What all time? that's on my website, AskJulieRyan.com. Okay. You can learn it all on my website. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much. Yeah. I will certainly look into that. I hope that I can make that work. Good, with, good. And I love that kind of, you kind of you. answered your own question, too, because it was like just keep, little by little, <laughs> just take a step, and then the, the next step will be revealed. And I, I don't know anybody who's, I mean, Julie, you spoke just exactly what I was going to say, too, is that you were just going along doing what you were doing, and you were like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it just unfolded. And um, it's not something mm-hmm. you can kind of 
uh, it's not like going and getting a college degree when you know you need to, to fulfill all these requirements and write these papers and then in four years you get your paper. It's not like that at all in, in this type of work. Um, it's okay. just your anything that kind of sparks your interest is your intuition telling you this is a little place to go to in this direction, like step in this direction. Um, and so pay attention to that. So. Yeah, so I, I think that's a wonderful match for you to be able to to learn from Julie and start taking those actions, action steps, well, and then you never know where it's going to lead you. <laughs> well, thank you, and I'll just leave it. I, I want to just share one quick thing. Uh, my sure. stepdad recently passed, and we had to clean out my parents' home and sell it. And <clears throat> the last day that the you know everything was gone. And we had a dumpster there, and as the truck lifted the dumpster, my stepdad's pocket watch fell out of the um, the container, and my sister picked it up, and it was the, the same time that he had transitioned. Oh, wow. Is that right. freak, freaking wild? It was exactly <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, same. You're, you're seriously being led, girl. Yes. <laughs> I have goosebumps. Yep. So I think that's kind of real. Yeah, that's validating. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. You <laughs> you two are just so special. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day, and all good things come your way. You too, Sandra. Thanks so much you for too. listening and for calling in. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Right, take care. Oh, bye bye. You too. Bye bye. Oh, we lost our other callers. Uh, they dropped off. Hopefully, they'll come back. Um, I just, you know, isn't it, isn't that the truth though with with spiritual journeys though, Julie? A lot of us think we question, we want to we want to be ensured that it's going to be exactly the right step, that we're not going to have any missteps or mistakes, and um, isn't that the way sometimes? Well, the funny thing about that, from my perspective, too, Laura, as a businesswoman, I have founded nine companies in five industries, and I can hear, I'm here to tell you. Nobody ever follows a business plan, ever. <laughs> exactly. I mean, even the biggest companies, biggest global companies in the world, because life happens. You've got global mm. pandemics and weather events and whatever. And so I think we, most of us come in and we think, okay, we're going to have a roadmap. If you do this and this and this, I love your analogy of when you go to school and you you write this paper and then you get this grade and you study for this exam and all of that. That's not how life unfolds. And the whole reason we incarnate is to create. Yes. Create what? It's endless. Create whatever you're interested in at the moment. Are you interested in drinking a milkshake? Make a milkshake or go get one. You know, are you interested <laughs> in creating a new job for yourself or a new career or a, or a, uh, you know, a different color of the walls in your bedroom. While you create it, you paint it. So. Yeah. And those those small things can make huge, huge differences. Like if Just by making small changes and small steps, it can spark the next thing and the next thing and next thing and next thing you know, your life is very different. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to imagine when you're, when you change changing the paint on paint color on your walls, like how can that change your life? It it really actually can, because um, it does. It sparks mm -hmm. that creative mind, that creative part of you, and then you start to see things differently. And um, yeah, so yeah, so I, what do you think about? I notice this a lot too because we, you know, obviously with all the pandemic and everything, um, fear is a major driving force for a lot mm -hmm. of people for many different types of reasons. Um, 
And I find there's so many people who want to make changes in their life, but there's just at the base of, of their resistance to it is fear. And, you know, and you offered one one way of doing that is sort of tapping into your creative side, you know, create something and, and, and it gets you out of your fear. What are some other um, suggestions that you could offer for people who to, just to live life like to the fullest and to not live from a place of fear? Great question. I have a technique that I teach, and it's called the two-minute rule, Laura. Mm -hmm. And here's how it goes. Our heads are big satellite dishes, you know this, and we receive and we transmit frequencies. Mm -hmm. Every thought has a frequency, and thoughts originate in the ethers. We pull them in based on what we're thinking about at any given time. When we have a thought that feels neutral or good, we're in alignment with our spirit. When we have a thought that feels badly, it's based in fear, and it's our internal GPS system that we all have. It's also known as emotion. It's our internal GPS system saying, hey, you need to investigate this. Take some nanoseconds. So any thought that feels badly is based in fear, to your point. Two kinds of fear. There's rational fear, something's going to harm you or kill you, change the condition. And then there's irrational fear which is false, it's fake news. Don't you love that term? It's fake news. And it's something that we're making up. So what we wanna do is we wanna change the channel. It's like thoughts are broadcast on a radio station, 94.7 megahertz is classic rock. You wanna change the channel if you wanna to listen to country or whatever. So here's how you change the channel. You say to yourself, is this gonna kill me in the next two minutes? I call it the two minute rule. That's if great. it is, get out of the road before the bus runs you over, right? You know, don't stay in the road when the bus is coming towards you. Uh -huh. And if it's not, then it's a false fear. It's an irrational fear based on a limiting belief that's false. And as soon as you ask that question, Laura, what happens is you go back into alignment with spirit because curiosity is based in love. Curiosity is interesting. You want to know more. Uh -huh. And... And then spirit can communicate with us. I find that most of us go through life being unconscious creators. And when we in integrate the two-minute rule, we can become conscious creators by controlling our thoughts. When we try and control a situation that's based in an irrational fear, we stay on a ham hamster wheel because we're trying to control something that's an illusion. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we don't get anywhere. So we're being led all day long, like those examples. Do I want a milkshake? Do I want to get a cookie? Can you tell desserts my favorite food group? Do you want to, you know, talk to Laura? What do you do? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so the two-minute rule, the beauty with that is it's free and it's convenient because it works anywhere your brain is. Your brain's usually with you wherever you are. So. Is this going to kill me in the next two minutes? You can use it <laughs> unlimited times a day. I love in any that. situation. Yeah, it works great. Works that's, great. Uh, yes, that is great advice. I'm going to start utilizing that. <laughs> yeah. The other yeah. thing I think with what the two minute rule does, Laura, is it brings us back to the moment. And isn't that what every great religion and culture and philosophy teaches? So when we're getting upset about something that isn't imminent, it's not going to kill us in two minutes, we're using our imagination to 
envision things that most likely will never happen. And so when we bring it back, do you have enough air to breathe? Do you have water to drink? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have food? Do you have a car or whatever? It, it brings it back in and gets our imagination back in check. Nice. It gets perspective. That's awesome. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> That's really good advice. Um, and just to, uh, to to do a 180 here, I want to go back to the pets because you know I'm all about the the animals here. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so when um, so I know a lot of people who have who have dogs and cats and everything, and they they would love to learn how to communicate with their animals better. Do do pets communicate the same way we do, and how can we communicate with our pets? Oh yeah, telepathically, mm-hmm. spirits of any kind. You want to talk to a a dog or a cat or a snake or a tree or a person or a spirit that's deceased, all you have to do is just ask either out loud or make a statement out loud or in your head, and they're going to answer you within a second. And it's going to feel like it's your thoughts coming in. How you know it's spirit is it it comes in within a nanosecond. Sometimes their answer will come in before the thought is even thought out all the way. And that's because time doesn't exist in the spirit world. Time is a human creation. So if we're having a thought, let's say, and and you connect with anybody, whether you knew them or not, any spirit, you know, who you want to talk to, Moses, Aristotle, Shakespeare, whoever, doesn't matter. And, uh, And you just think of them, and then that connects your satellite dish head with their frequency. Every spirit has a frequency they keep throughout all their lifetime. Yes. So it connects to their frequency, and then you just say something either louder in your head, and they're going to respond back. <laughs> the analogy I use for how easy this is is some of us are old enough to remember a TV show, Bewitched, oh, that yes. was on in the 60s and 70s. And the main character who was a witch married a mortal, for those of you that don't know, haven't seen the show. And so she would yell, Samantha Stevens was the main character who was the witch, and she'd yell, mother and her mother and Dora would come in right away or Uncle Arthur or Dr. Bombay and their spirit would, you know, their, that witch would show up or warlock would show up right away. That's how spirits work. You just think of them and then you're connected to them. So if you want to talk to your pet, you just ask them questions, either aloud or in your head, you're going to get a statement as fast as you can. You'll get an answer as fast as you can snap your fingers. And then you keep asking questions, and you'll get information. It's very simple. It's it, yeah. It's an, isn't it incredible it's how simple. simple it can be. <laughs> yeah, I have a absolutely. story about with my um with my son because I was telling my my son was um we were driving home one day and there was and we noticed there was a possum in the middle of the road, and he was he was young. He's he's an adult now, but he was like seven years old then, and uh, so the possum was in the middle of the road, and he said, "I'm so worried that he's going to get run over." And I said, well, you got to let him know to tell him to go back into the woods. And he's like, how am I supposed to do that? And I said, well, just picture in your head, you know, tell him in your head to go back into into the woods. So was, and so he went over and he, and he kneeled down about 10 feet away from him and just looked at him. And then the, the uh, possum slowly turned toward him and then turned back towards the woods and disappeared into the woods. And, and he just went, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "What did you What did you say to the to the possum in your head?" He goes, "Well, I just had like this cartoon in my head of seeing the possum running into the woods, and and that's exactly what happened. As soon as I pictured it, it happened." 
And he said, I can't right. believe that happened. I said, well, it's that simple. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it, it is. is really I think, funny. I think woo-woo is way complicated unnecessarily yes. and has been. And, and that goes back to control. You know, people want you to have a guru or whatever, but it's just, yes. I laugh. I say, you don't need to be chanting under crystals in a yurk with your right foot raised and your left hand down yes. by your waist and, you know, twirl around three times. You just ask the question in your head or loud and you connect to the person and then, or the spirit, whether it be an animal or a, or a human spirit or a tree or whatever, flower. And then it's really that simple. And everybody has the ability. It's just a matter of developing and enhancing it. I laugh. I say, I can teach you to play chopsticks, but it doesn't mean you're going to be a concert pianist tomorrow. Right. You know, the more you practice, the better you get at it. So exactly. I, I always tell people, practice it with stuff that doesn't matter. Is it in my best interest to eat this chocolate chip cookie or this peanut butter cookie? Really, in the scope of your life, it doesn't matter, but you're going to get an answer. And then do it with stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. And also, um, some people worry that when they call on their loved ones in spirit, like you, you use the analogy of bewitched with Samantha calling her mother in. Um, but it, you know, but people were, well, isn't my mother busy? Is there, you know, why should I be bothering my mother? Doesn't she have things to do in heaven? <laughs> you know, but that's not necessarily. We're putting a, a physical um, boundary on on the spirit world. Well, we're we're. Exactly. We're interpreting that spirits do what we do in human form, and there's no way we can know. We can ask them, but no. Yeah, spirits, I believe we're made in the image and likeness of God. That doesn't mean that we all look like some old man with a white beard sitting on a cloud on a throne. We're made in the image and likeness of God in spirit form. And if God can be God's spirit, same thing. If they can, if God can be everywhere all at the same time, so can we when we're made in the image and likeness of God. So, so especially in spirit form, we hear that from spirits. They're around all their loved ones all at the same time. Yeah. I can't believe we're at the end of the show. Julie, you wanted to give away books to people. How did they do that? Yeah, just, right. Just go to AskJulieRyan.com, click on the Ask Julie button. Put a note in there say hey i heard john morris show i'd like a copy of your book and we'll send you a free copy of the digital and the audiobook version and if you have little kids say i'd like a copy of the kids books and we'll send you those too as a gift for listening today oh, wonderful thank you so much julie this has been wonderful I look- thank you for listening to unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.